Hi, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Bros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create manage and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. And the show is brought to you by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. The hosts of the show are Jeff Cohen and Randy Frisch. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. And now, here's Jeff, Randy, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. As always, I've got Jeff Cohen here from Oracle Marketing Cloud who will join me in just a moment. And today, we're going to have Brandon Anderson from Seralytics talking all about this idea of content intelligence. And, you know, I'm really curious to learn what that is. Jeff, I know you're really curious. Maybe uh, maybe you want to bring in Brandon in a moment here. That sounds great. Thanks, Randy. Again, happy to be here. Another episode of Content Pros, part of the Convince and Convert podcast network. And Brandon Anderson, as you said, from Seralytics, is the chief strategy officer. Brandon, welcome to Content Pros. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. So in the in the interest of asking you uh, a question that not only helps us understand what your company does. I like to sort of wrap it up in a, in a content question. And when, when I go or I went to your blog earlier today preparing for the show, one of the first things that I found basically is a blog post called What is Content Intelligence? So huge props from the content side. But how about, and it is a, a long post, and we know people really like long, meaty posts. They're performing pretty well from, from folks we've heard from. Uh, so how about you answer that question? Tell us about Seralytics and this idea of content intelligence. You bet. So you're right. We do have a blog post called What is Content Intelligence? Um, and we used content intelligence to uh, decide that we needed to make that post. Uh, but what content intelligence is, uh, it's really it's a science of identifying and predicting uh, topics and themes that are really providing the most value to your audience. So it's really identifying what does your audience want? What problems are they having? What topics are they interested in? So that you can identify what those things are. And then when you can identify what they are, then you can look at your content and your competitors' content and see how each is meeting the demand of your audience. So let's let's actually dive pretty deep into that because this is a this is certainly a great topic in, in that particular post. You talk about the idea of content shock, the idea that there's so much content. And obviously, the more relevant your content is, the more likely you're going to be able to get in front of people. So if, if I wanted to learn more about this idea, like, what do you actually do? Where's the, where does this information come from? What are we looking at? How do we? How do you get set up? Or all those all those sorts of things, like the the non salesy version, of course. You know the ideas yeah. behind what Seralytics does. Yeah, so the ideas behind it. So um, what it is is it's really taking the idea of 
um, website analytics, and also competitive website analytics. And it's taking it past just the page level metrics that we usually see. So you usually have a, you know, like, hey, this page did really well, and this page doesn't do as well. And what we do instead is we break it down to the next level and we say, okay, not only what pages are doing well, but we want to see what are the topics on these pages that are doing well. So if you have 40 different pages on your website and they're all around content optimization, well, what we're doing is we're pulling all of those pages together and saying, these pages are all about topic, you know, are, are all about content optimization and we can actually say, this is how well that topic is performing for your audience. Um, so one of the things that really drove this was the fact that we would look, I've, I've been in marketing for over, oh, oh my gosh, over a decade. Um, and what I kept seeing, and I oversaw teams that did content marketing and um, demand generation. And the demand generation teams, you could always go to those meetings and say, okay, where are we investing our money? And you would say, we're putting it here, here, and here, and we know what we're going to get out. We know that if we put a thousand bucks in this, we're likely to get out $6,000. Like you just knew what the returns would be. And in content, gosh, you go to content meetings and it was really just, I kind of feel like this is kind of the next thing. I feel like we should be putting this out there. It was really a guessing game. And when you really wanted to dive into it, it took forever to dive into what was really resonating. Uh, because you go into Google Analytics, you'd have to go into different software platforms, you had to actually manually review what all of your pages were about. And so what content intelligence does is it dives into all this stuff at the topic level and then pulls it back for you and says, here are the topics. Here's the topics that are resonating. Here are the topics that you know have resonated really well, but you haven't written a lot about. And here are topics that are converting content for you. And it's breaking it down at an awareness stage. So here are the topics that build awareness. Here are the topics that drive engagement. And here are the topics that drive conversions. And you can see all of that together. And it gives you a much more holistic view of what your organization is doing and how you're meeting the demands of your audience. Yeah, that that sounds like a, a certainly a great approach for looking at content or topics as it were on your own site, you also mentioned competitors. How are, how are you actually looking at the, the broader landscape besides just your own website? Yeah, right. So um, the thing that I forgot to mention when I was talking about how this is done, uh, we actually utilize natural language processing. So it goes out to the website and it reads every page of your content and identifies what the topics are for each page. Well, we do the same thing for your competitors. So what we do is we put a bot out there, it reads all of the neck, it reads all of your competitor's website um, pages and says, okay, here are the topics. And then we combine that with publicly available information such as social shares, um, number of inbound links that that page has, the page authority that has, all these different metrics come together. And then we can actually identify that for your competitors, here are the topics that are resonating with their audience. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Uberflip and their weekly podcast called Flip the Switch, where they bring some of the brightest marketing minds together to provide useful insights, actionable takeaways, and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face daily. 
head over to bit.ly slash flip content to discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. So I, I love everything you're talking about, Brandon. I mean, you know, the reality is you and I, with with everything that Serolytics does and Uberflip does, and you know, Jeff too. I mean, we should we should be talking about how all, all of our solutions work together at some point. But let's let's kind of take a step back from solutions, right? You know, a lot of people listening to content pros are often trying to figure out, okay, how do I just implement this mindset into my company? And yeah, you know, that's that's tricky, right? I mean, you know, a lot of us as marketers, we everything is expected of us, right? We're expected to create content, we're expected to distribute content, we're expected to figure out what content's just working to your point here. But what are some of the more basic practices and maybe starting with ownership of this in different sizes of companies? I know that, you know, today you're working in a very small company. Um, but I know you've come looking at, you know, the career that you've had from a very, you know, a very much larger company like Cision. So maybe you can talk about who should be owning this responsibility in a small organization and who should own it in a larger organization. So I think in a smaller organization, it's really almost, it's almost title independent. And what you really need in a smaller organization is to look for who are the people or the titles who are the customer advocates because that's where this really hits is it's you're you're trying to figure out what's best for your customer and your audience so whoever really has their you know whoever's really in charge of that customer advocacy and that could be a CMO it could be even a chief product officer i mean there's you know you could possibly look at that in a smaller organization where maybe you don't have uh, a lot of different roles to do that but i think that you would look at maybe that sort of level, but it could even be, you know, you could have a person who's in charge of content marketing and their, their mindset just needs to be that of, I care about what my customer wants, what my audience wants. And in a larger company, I think that it really does live with um, the head of content marketing, but it goes beyond that because you're also looking at, instead of just how this impacts your content, it also impacts other pieces of your business. Because if you're identifying new trends or new topics or new things that people are having problems with, that information shouldn't just stay in marketing. That information has to go over to product development. That information has to go to sales. Like This is all intelligence that helps the entire business. So because of that, I, I would say that content marketing really should, whoever's in charge of content marketing should probably own it, but they need to have a direct line to all of the other key stakeholders who oversee um, audience interactions gotcha. and audience that's, solutions. A, that's probably a good bridge to the large organizations that you may yeah. work with or, or that you've worked with, worked in yourself. Maybe you can talk about how that dynamic changes in a much larger organization in terms of you know, owning uh, this you know, content intelligence piece, figuring out what's working. Because th- some of the bigger problems that I've seen in larger companies is it's not creating content anymore. It's just you know, zeroing in on what works. I mean, just too much content's almost being created. Yeah, it's, it's this quality versus quantity. And you hear a lot of people say, oh, just pump out as much as you can, pump out content on a regular basis and you'll succeed. And if your content quality is not there, you're just not going to succeed. And I think that that's what we're seeing with a lot of larger companies is that, you know, they're focused more on optimizing how quickly and efficiently they can create content 
instead of whether or not they're creating the right content. And so basically they're doing something bad better instead of doing something better better. Um, so that's that's the issue that, that I've seen a lot with larger companies. Um, but yeah, they really need to zero in on what are the things that are are important for our audience. And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural headbutting in a lot of organizations around this because you know people kind of they put up their walls and they say, no, I'm in product, um, I'm in sales, I'm in marketing. We shouldn't talk. That you know, you I've even run into some of our own clients who they they have all you know we give them these insights and they say this is great you know we're going to use this going forward and then they come back and they say well i'm having a lot of trouble because i'm trying to like get into my product team with this information and they're saying no no no, like we have our we have our own thing and it's like but this is really good information for you and you shouldn't just let this go this is information that the entire organization needs so in larger organizations and this is a probably an entirely different podcast or even series of podcasts, but it's organizing the culture to say a, it has to be a culture that identifies that what is best for the client is best for the company and it's customer centric. And when you make sure that your company culture is customer centric and you're really focused on the customer experience, that's when you're going to be able to identify new avenues to talk to each other to say, wow, if we share this information with each other, we're delivering better value to our clients. And that's what really matters is delivering value to our clients instead of, you know, putting up all these, you know, imaginary walls because people just want to own their own thing and run with their own thing. And they don't want to share this with somebody else that, you know, might, might steal their idea or do something like that. It has to be a collaborative environment, and I think that it really comes down to the company's culture. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I, you know, you look at some of the companies out there today who put culture first. Companies like Netflix, companies like Zappos, and others. You know, I, I think it, in many ways, it starts with a customer-centric mindset, right? I mean, um, you know, not not to put our company necessarily up up at the Netflix and, and Zappos level, but one of our core values here um, sets a precedent of, of order of, of rank rather, um, where we say culture trumps uh, product, which trumps revenue, right? And, yeah. and specifically in that order. And it it sets a guiding principle for everything in the company, right? And, and content right. obviously being one of them. And, and to your point, that's, that's a very important way to think about it. So I want to I want to get just super tactical for some of the people listening into this podcast and tuning in for ideas. So everything you're ta- saying again, it makes sense. Now we can kind of understand who should own this. Maybe you can give us just you know two or three kind of like easy hacks to get going if you don't have a solution yet, like Sarahlytics, where where you can still hold a little bit more accountability to that content performance. Right. Well, I'd say one of the most important pieces is to look at the information that you already have. If you already have something like Google Analytics, um, I mean, you've got a ton of information. Now, the problem with this is that you have an overabundance of information. A lot of people get lost in it. But I would look at, you know, right off the bat, what are your top, identify what your top 50 pieces of content are and go through each one of those pieces and, you know, you can do this by hand. You can actually say, 
here's a piece of content, just make a spreadsheet and start putting like, here's a piece of content, here are the things that it's about and do that for all 50 blog posts. Now it's, it takes a lot to do that, but what you're going to end up with is some pretty good insights in that spreadsheet. If you're going to be able to just look at it and say, wow, we, you know, here are the things that are really driving a lot of awareness to our site. And then you can also look at within Google Analytics, if you don't have goal conversions set up, go set them up. If you don't know how to set them up, go learn how to set them up. Goal conversions on your website and understanding what those metrics are, are one of the most important pieces to content marketing. If you don't have goals in place, what are you really trying to do? So make sure that those goals are set up. And then within Google Analytics, you can actually look at your goal path. So you can actually see where people came from to get to a certain goal. And just like you did with the awareness and doing the spreadsheet, you can look and say, well, for a goal for people to fill out a certain form, what content drove them to that form? And you can actually look back and see what pieces drove them there. And again, you can make a list of, you know, what were the pieces of content that did that? What are the topics that those things were about? And at the end of that exercise, you're going to have a sampling of here are the topics that are driving people to my site. And here's a, here's a sampling of the content that converts for me. Uh, we've been doing this for, we've been out of our beta product since September. And of the clients that we've brought on, one of the, of all, with all of them combined, one of the things that we noticed is that the content that drives awareness to a site and the topics that drive awareness are rarely the topics that drive conversions. So also get into that mindset. Content serves different purposes. It can drive awareness, it can drive engagement, it can drive conversions. Rarely does it do all of them combined. Hey Zoe. Hey Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So you know Uberflip, it lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. That's some great insight because it, it actually is a, a great lead-in, a great lead-in to my next question about thinking, thinking about that a little deeper. In other words, aligning content to the different stages of the funnel. And so... So the I, as you're saying, the idea is when you're looking at topics, you very definitely can identify things that, uh, as you said, drive awareness, drive conversion, et cetera. Um, and, and I'd love sort of your opinion of wrapping that up in the idea of, of customer experience and focusing on customer. Because I think what, what happens so often with content marketers is we're creating content for that goal. In other words, we're, we're driving towards conversion. And once we, once we focus on getting someone to fill out that form, we're less interested very often in continuing to serve them, continuing to give them the right experience. And so I'd, I'd, I'd love some thoughts on sort of how those two things come together, both aligning, aligning content across the funnel with the idea of 
still paying attention to the experience and serving your customers and prospects. Right. Well, I think it's looking at what is that customer journey? What's that customer journey look like on your website? And you, by identifying what pieces of content are delivering at each stage of the journey, you're going to be able to actually lay that out. So when you're creating a content marketing strategy, I, I firmly believe that you need to create what looks like a funnel view, but really it's your customer journey view. And it says on your website, what do people, what are they going to be doing? Um, to get from just building awareness around your brand to saying, yes, I want to take a buying decision and laying that out. And then that's where something like content intelligence comes in because it's going to help you map out what are the topics, what are the pieces of content that are doing each one of those steps for you. And if you if you take that type of approach, you're going to say you're you're one, you're going to be able to be creating content for every stage of the buyer journey. So you're not just going to be relying very heavily on just building awareness. Because if you're just focusing on one thing or the other, you're going to be failing in your overall goal of providing the best customer interaction, the best customer experience. And you're probably not going to meet your sales goals. Because if you're focusing only on awareness, but not on conversion, okay, you're not getting conversions. If you're writing content that converts really high, but it doesn't get a lot of exposure, you're still not going to make a lot of sales. So you need to you need to know what's going to bring people in at the top. And then also understanding that when you have that goal at the top of building certain amounts of awareness, you have posts and topics that are bringing people in. What's the next thing that you want them to do when they're on your site? Because as we know, I mean, we all blog. Um, how many blog posts do you have where it's like, a 90% bounce rate. People just saw that post, that's all they wanted and they left. Well, you need to give them something to move to the next step. You have to be the one who actually puts that in front of them. And a lot of times it's not putting a form in front of them or asking them to sign up for a newsletter. The next piece is going to be, hey, you just read this great post on Instagram, learn more about how to use um, you know, multimedia sharing tools and, and you know, that's a terrible, I can't think of a really good example, uh, but you know, it's it's being able to pull something out and say, "Hey, this is the next step that you should be putting in front of your customer because this is what has worked in the past for other customers, and they've been able to find this on their own. And if you can actually make it intentional, you're going to make this customer journey much less painful for the customer. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm researching solutions. Sometimes it can be painful to go to a website and you read a blog post and you go back and forth. And sometimes you just kind of want to have somebody just, you know, take you by the hand and say, all right, we're just going to guide you through this. We're going to give you everything that you need and just walk you down this nice little path and give you everything that you're looking for. And then if you like everything that you've seen, you can, you know, fill out a form and come with us. And if you don't, you'll go somewhere yeah, that, else. That actually sounds a little bit like yeah. related content driven by content intelligence. There, That may be a... Uh, a product idea for you, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And right now, we, you know, we're utilizing that people build these strategies and put that content into their own. You know, they they intentionally put it into their own site. But yes, being able to just dynamically throw that content in there, right? Probably <laughs> on the roadmap. Yeah, I, I hope so. So, <laughs> one of the things that that you shared with us uh, previous or prior to the, prior to 
us recording, was the idea that you focus a lot on uh, organic, basically organic versus paid in in your content approach. Uh, is that a function of is that a function of small company limited budget, or or is that actually a strategic decision that? you came to for reasons X, Y, and Z that you can share with us? It's <laughs> Of course it is. Uh, of course. No, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not strapped. We're not strapped for cash as a startup. No, no startup is. No, uh, what we have is, it's it, it goes back to our, our one of our core beliefs. It's that, you know, we want to deliver, um, we want to deliver value to, our customer. And the way that we do that is we help our customers deliver value to their customers. And by putting a lot of paid and things like that, it feels inorganic. It feels a little bit um, tinny. Um, It's not as, it's just in terms of where we want to be and how we are developing our brand, uh, we have found far more success in influencer marketing and being able to um, engage with influencers, help influencers out. And it's just the idea of, um, and that this is going to be like, this is like humble bragging 101. Um, but it's saying, Hey, you know, here's somebody who we know I'd like to help you. I want to, I want to help you. And how can I help? What can I do for you? And not really asking for anything in return until they say, wow, this was really helpful. How can I help you out? And then you make the ask. And it's just something that I've, I've learned, um, you know, through, you know, over a decade of marketing is that those connections are really what build the best clients and the, the paid part. Yes. When you have to really grow incredibly fast, when you have, you know, revenue projections you have to hit. Yeah, absolutely. You need to really ramp that up. But right now, especially where we are as a company, um, we are in a a situation where we're looking for where do we want to be? What does our perfect client really look like? And obviously there's no such thing as a perfect client, but we want to get close. And we are really relying heavily on referrals and just people understanding and trying to educate the market organically um, to, to get that. Um, yeah, message that, that's a, it's a, a, a great strategic approach. And just to, just to kind of wrap up this, this with one super granular technical question or tactical question, not technical, tactical question. Um, You've been talking a lot about blog posts. Is that your primary form of content that you're both exploring and, and learning or running your content intelligence on? Or do you have other, other forms of content? In other words, eBooks or white papers or things like that. Yeah, so if you'll if you'll humor me, I have okay. a story. All right, so back in so I'm I, I am I'm an SEO guy, um, like by trade, and my belief was everything has to be on your own mm-hmm. property. You have to create blog posts has to be on your domain. That's how you're going to win in this game, and that's how with Seralytics, that's where we started. We're like, we're going to create really high quality blog posts. It's going to be on our domain. We're going to develop our domain authority. We're going to like, that's how we're going to win this game. And 
it's a it's amazing how when you get into the tactics of it and doing it yourself and doing it with a very small team compared to a large organization, how much you learn and how much you are able to actually see what the real change is. And what we've noticed is that there are some blog posts that are great to put on our website. And when we do really long form posts, we put it on our website. But we post, and I personally post on LinkedIn a lot. Uh, I've used Medium and using these rented spaces. And it used to be, it was something that I, I would say never, ever, ever do. But it's a built-in audience. It gains awareness for your company. And it does drive traffic to your own website. So it's another way of getting your message out there. And I feel like it's even more important than social media is being able to create content that you can put on rented properties that can then organically grow itself. Um, a good example of that is we created a white paper on how to... Um, what is content intelligence? And I created the white paper, I created the blog post, and a contributor to Forbes magazine read the white paper. Never contacted me, and all of a sudden one day I get an alert that Serolytics has been mentioned, I see that it's in Forbes. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting, I thought it was some fluke, and sure enough, this person had written an entire article on content, the power of content intelligence, and had utilized most of the talking points from the white paper that we wrote in his article. He never reached out, nothing, it was just simple, free publicity, I mean, and it's hard to get publicity like that, you know, in any other way, and it was 100% free, and it was just from a piece of content that we created. I love that. Uh, you know, it's 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 amazing to your point in terms of the value of all these other channels, and you know, so far today, this this whole topic around how content can be used in different stages and throughout the journey and learning what works is it all makes so much sense. I mean, a, a bit of a shameless plug here. You know, the the conference that my company Uberflip does is actually this summer again. It's it's our second user conference. Uh, Jay Bear, who's uh, behind Convince to Convert which this podcast is a part of, will be speaking again, which we're really excited about. And, and our, our big focus and topic is all around the journey, right? It's, it's all around that idea of the journey. And, you know, Jeff uh, Cohen can, can tell you, he, he was there last year. It's, it's a great event. It's, you know, it's worth coming up to, to Canada. Um, you know, we're, we're up in Toronto, middle of August, great, beautiful time, no snow, anything like that for anyone who, who believes those, those myths. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a great showing out. If, if people are interested in that, they can check out UFX dot uberflip.com so that's ufx as in the uberflip experience and uh hopefully we'll get to get a lot of people out there so we've got just a couple minutes left and uh brandon what we always like to do is just get to know our guests a little bit better so i've got a you know just a handful of lightning round questions here just to get to know you a little bit better um you know we'll do a little bit of professional plus a little bit of personal and uh you know hopefully hopefully i'm going to put you on the spot in some way and i'm going to start putting you on the spot right away so I, I was playing around while we were talking and, you know, I, I, I looked up your first tweet ever. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's ever played on that, you know, little, little uh, you know, widget that uh, or experience that, that Twitter built out. But it's fine. Go check out discover.twitter.com. And if you look up Brandon, it says, 
How can Twitter be such a big deal when the damn thing hardly ever works? Great idea, horrible execution. So fortunately, you've never worked at Twitter, so I don't have to like hold you against that. But you know, where are you now? Are you, are you a pro Twitter guy or pro, that was back in two thousand and eight for the record? So where where are you now? Yeah. Eight years later. And, and to my defense, it was really. Oh yeah, terrible. I, I will concur. It was I will the big, concur. The big whale, the big whale. Like how often did we see that? The fail whale. The fail yes. whale. These yes. days, are, are yes. you pro um, or con on on Twitter? I am. I'm pro on Twitter. Um, I'm pro on Twitter for keeping conversations going. And I fell into the trap of creating, like just retweeting stuff just to have stuff. And it's just, it's just a waste of time to do that. So I, I'd say Twitter is great for actually having conversations and keeping conversations going. Um, not a huge fan of it as a curation Interesting. tool. Interesting. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, moving on. Uh, you know, we, we got to know you a little bit a- ahead of the show, and we know you've done some improv, you know, Second City type of world. So let's get to know just your type of comedy just by, by association. So let's start with favorite sitcom. Oh, favorite sitcom. Um, boy, you know, I, I really liked... Parks and Rec, but there's a, a new show. It's on Pop TV. I, I hope I can say this because it's it's spelled differently than it sounds. But there's a, a show on uh, Pop TV called Ships Creek. I, that's a Canadian show, just so you know. And, that's uh, Eugene Levy. Yes. There's there's some great Canadian content in there. Um, that is right now. That's that's my go-to show. I'm, nice. I'm a I big think they're in their second show. season now. Um, Cool. We'll, we'll continue are, yeah. on the comedy. I mean, like, given you've gone the improv route and things like that, who who would be your favorite SNL character or uh, or sketch character? Oh, no, so not actor. Yeah. But see, either actor or, or character, depending on how well you know their names. Oh, man. So I'm, oh, seriously, talk about, like, oh, just pick your favorite kid. Um, I think that some oh, boy, just fun. <laughs> so I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a huge Cubs fan, and this you know last year was just fantastic for us. But Will Ferrell playing oh, Harry Carey. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. All right, last one because we we also know you run and you listen to content pros. You shared that with Jeff and I. What is your go-to background music mm-hmm. when you're running? Oh, um, I have a. A workout mix and it's a combination of um so there's like eminem um dragon force is on that playlist um some smashing pumpkins rage against the machine just really like in your face there's a primus on there yeah some like real hard <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome i, I love yes. i love that you yeah. got that going with jeff and i talking well <laughs> It, and it sounds yes. like from that music, yes. you're just out for a slow, leisurely jog, right, Brandon? <laughs> if you if you were to see me, you'd be like, "Yeah, that guy's out of shape." Awesome, awesome. 
Cool. Well, <laughs> Brandon, we're we're fully out of time, but but we could we could keep getting around for hours. This is this has been great. Um, I I really thank you for taking the time to join us on Content Pros. For those of you listening who've enjoyed this podcast, uh, there's so much more great content that we have available for you at contentprospodcast.com. If you like the way this thing's being pulled together, we've got a whole bunch of other podcasts through the Convince and Convert Network. You can check out Influence Pros. You can check out Social pros, the business of story, so many great podcasts that are being put together. Please leave us a review where you find these as well. If you're if you're finding them on iTunes, let us know what you want to hear more. Both Jeff and myself really appreciate people taking the time to tune in. And until the next uh, podcast, thanks so much, and everyone have a great day. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.